Hey there, this is the Evolution Sermon Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that our message makes your week a bit more awesome. See you in church. So my title is Embracing Pain. So what is pain? Okay, let me just give you a definition, all right? So pain is an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience associated with actual or potential tissue damage. <laughs> Ooh, tissue damage. <laughs> so we all experience pain in life, you know, whether emotional or physical. So emotional pain could be things like sadness, depression, grief, rejection, shame and guilt, or physical pain like an injury, an open wound, chronic pain, migraine, and so forth. In fact, it's only human to experience pain. You know, so what's really interesting to me, right, is that the cross, you know, a lot of you like to wear the cross, right, has become the central Christian logo. You know, you hardly see a church without a cross, except maybe here at the Evolution. <laughs> you know, I was asking Carrie the other day, like, where's our cross in church? Is it at the T there? I think so. Is that true? We are. <laughs> so our cross is hidden somewhere, all right? But yet the irony is many Christian countries, you know, churches, individuals, you know, we continue to disregard the obvious message of suffering that comes with the symbol of the cross. You know, we embrace the redemptive power of the cross, you know, the blessing, the hope of a better future, the idea of eternal life. But subconsciously, you know, we reject or refuse to acknowledge the pain, the suffering that comes with it. You know, we preach about faith, hope, love, joy, peace. But hardly you'll see a preacher stand on stage and preach Romans chapter 5, verse 3, rejoice in suffering. <laughs> you know, the only person is very Apostle Paul, okay? Why? Because it's easier to follow Jesus for the blessings, the good life, and not the suffering or the not-so-easy life. And when we adopt that kind of mindset, we start to live in a somewhat distorted view of Christianity. You know, and we probably never ever experienced the fullness of life that Jesus promised us. You know, for some of us who could be perhaps younger in our faith, you know, we might start to blame God, you know, and everything around us for the suffering we go through. And in some extreme cases, you know, turn our back against Him when things don't go the way that we want it to go. Well, for those of us, we are more, perhaps maybe more mature in our faith, we tend to develop an unhealthy relationship with pain. You know, there's this like self-defense mechanism, you know, where we avoid the pain. We skip through it, or we try to distract ourselves from the pain by keeping ourselves busy and preoccupied. For me, TikTok. <laughs> so, in the process of doing so, you know, we end up allowing the hurt to turn into bitterness. You know, a deep-seated anger becoming jaded about the world around us, the people around us. And if we're not careful, that eventually robs us of the joy in life. Yeah, so I too had my fair share of dealing with pain this year, both emotional and physical. I'll share the physical part, not emotional. Okay. And I thought that you know, it would be good to start sharing from my relationship with pain and the journey to recovery as I began to embrace the pain. Okay, so let's go with the story, all right? I'll start with myself first. So on July 24th, okay, July 24th, okay, very specific date, okay? <laughs> it was a typical Friday working day, you know? It has been five months since I've been working from home. I think I've started working from home in early February. 
you know, so it was lunchtime, I think about shellfish. You know, I was walking to the kitchen and I was like, okay, let's grab a bottle of pepper because I wanted to like add some pepper to my porridge. You know, and I was turning back, just like a really small turn. You know, I felt a sharp shooting pain in my lower back. You know, and then more of the time, right, I was literally like shook. You know, I was in a state of shock. I was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? You know, and seconds after, you know, I couldn't straighten my back and I had to hunch my back. And I was like, oh no, you know, this is weird. <laughs> so I slowly walked back to my sofa, you know, and I was just like, okay, let's just eat, you know, let's just pretend that nothing just happened, you know, and hopefully the pain will just disappear. You know, so I tried to stand up and I couldn't straighten my back. So that's when I was go like, okay, chill, Regina, cool down, you know. It's okay, you know. Let's go to the bed. Maybe you need to just rest. So when I went to the doctor, the doctor prescribed me some really strong painkillers because I was allergic to bufen and I couldn't get the injection directly to where the pain area was. And she told me to rest. But after 40 minutes, right, it was still super painful. And that was when she said that, you know, it's better that I went to A&E to get a scan. So she actually wrote me a letter to refer me to A&E SGH. So me, you know, I was like, okay, let's just pray really hard, you know, like just pray. You know, maybe after two days, the pain will go away. Okay, so for the next two days, I actually, you know, didn't go to SGH. You know, I just stayed at home, lied on my bed for the whole time from morning to night. And the pain persisted. You know, it actually got worse. You know, I even had difficulty getting out of bed. And like even ordinary things like brushing your teeth, taking a bath, sitting on the chair to have a meal had become so challenging and so painful that I was just like, let me just lie in bed all day. <laughs> so finally, you know, on Sunday, my dad brought me to SGH to have further checks. And I remember when the A&E doctor spoke to me, right, and asked him like, doctor, what happened? So I remember the doctor was saying to me, he was like, okay, I don't know what's happening right now. The worst case scenario, it could be a sleep disease, you know, you could need a surgery. I was like, oh man. And about that, I literally couldn't hold back my tears. I just broke in front of him like a waterfall. So I remember, I remember his face was very shocked. He was like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> he was trying to like calm me down because at that point of that, I was like the max really, you know, like all the emotional, emotions have been building up all this while. So he told me, say, you know what, let's not jump to conclusion. Let's go for an x-ray first, okay? And let's see what is the problem. So, thank God, it wasn't anything super serious, okay, that required surgery, and it was something that I could actually recover over time with physiotherapy. So, I think I have a, oh yeah, this is my scan. <laughs> Looks okay, right? <laughs> but apparently, I have this thing called anterior listesis. Okay, very chim, but basically it just means that my alignment of my bones in the lower back, the spine area, is abnormal. So, it usually affects the lower back. And what happens is the upper vertebral actually slips in front of the one below it, and the misaligned, so-called like the misaligned vertebral, pinch into the nerve. So because it pinched it enough, it caused like such a painful, you know, like sensation. As to how it happened, I have no idea. It could be maybe I just walking from home and I sat on the sofa for all time and <laughs> didn't exercise much. But what I knew was that I finally identified the source of pain. So through this whole incident, you know, what I came to learn is that the first step to embracing pain, point one, is you got to acknowledge the pain. So unlike physical pain, which can be easily identified, you know, where the source is coming from, emotional pain can be rather difficult on the other hand. 
you know, we can recognize that we are feeling sad, hurt, gloomy, rejected, and yet cannot pinpoint exactly what is causing it. You know, or what is the series of events that has led us to feel this way. So I wasn't able to identify what was causing the lower back pain until I did the x-ray. So perhaps we all need to have an x-ray for our heart too. <laughs> but just like a physical wound that takes time to heal, emotional wound needs time to heal as well. So let me give you an analogy. So for example, you accidentally cut yourself with the pen knife today. You know, your body immediately recognizes the pain. And your first instinct is to treat the wound and to prevent it from bleeding further. You know, but what's funny or interesting to me about humans is that when it comes to emotional pain, it becomes a whole lot more complicated. Maybe because it's not as easily identifiable. You know, so let me share with you a fun fact. Do you know that when we experience emotional pain, such as rejection, the physical pain center of your brain actually lights up as well. So when you acknowledge the emotional pain, you are giving yourself permission to kickstart the journey to recovery. That's when you begin to look for tools to treat the wound so that you can stop hurting further. You know, as the saying goes, hurt people hurt people. If you don't heal what hurt you today, you will bleed on people who didn't cut you. In fact, research shows that the simple act of just naming the emotion rather than just suffering it instantly accelerates the healing process. You know, as simple as it may sound, it can actually provide a lot of comfort and relief when you take this first simple step to say, yes, I recognize I'm in pain because I am feeling sad, discouraged, disappointed, or whatever. So we can all go through the same experience of pain in life, yet, all of us, we respond to it so differently. You know, for some of us, we fight the pain. <laughs> for some of us, we freeze. You know, we become immobilized, paralyzed by the pain. For some of us, we flight, means we avoid, we run away, we distract ourselves. Our Christian faith does not mean the absence of pain and suffering. And having a faith mindset does not mean you avoid acknowledging the fact that you're in pain. But somehow, you know, we have become wired to reject any form of pain rather, and to avoid it, rather than to go like, hey friend, hey bro, you know, pain is just part of life. You know, feeling sad is just part of life. You know, no one is happy 24-7. Maybe I saw like McDonald's, you know, the clown. Happy 24-7. <laughs> so there's a quote from a Korean drama that I really love. I don't know, how many of you watched that up? I only watched a few episodes, I mean. Oh, quite a few, okay, so I'm not the only one. Oh, yes, okay. So there's a quote, okay, by the female lead, So Darmi, I think so, okay. She said this really cool quote. I thought it was really uh, beautiful. And that is, if every day was sunny, the whole earth would be a desert. And it must rain and snow so that the grass sprouts from the ground and such delicious tangerines grow. I know, oh, <laughs> Korean drama, yes. <laughs> So, we see it in the Bible as well, all right? The Bible is full of wisdom. So, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 to 8, it says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down 
and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. So, in order to embrace pain, you know, we got to acknowledge and accept that pain is part of life. It's part of human. You know, experiencing some form of sadness, disappointment, discouragement is really pretty normal in life. You know, and the thing here is, when you are real with it, it empowers you to start the process of healing. You know, at this point, let me caveat here, okay? And that is, being real with your pain does not give you the license to go around spreading your pain. That is a huge difference, okay, between acknowledging your pain and spreading your pain. So, how you deal with your pain says more about you than the suffering that you go through. You know, some of us we whine, we blame, we throw a tantrum, we hurt other people when we experience pain. You know, you know what that's like? That's like a kid, right? That has accidentally cut himself the penknife and runs around the whole house, you know, allowing the blood to spill all over the carpet. You know, it's like, no, I don't want to wrap it, mommy, I don't want. You know, I refuse to put a bandage on it. That's not maturity, friend. That's really being childish. You know, while some of us, you know, we learn to deal with the pain with less other drama. You know, we acknowledge that suffering is only part of life, and we are not the only one suffering. Friend, you are not the only one suffering in this room, and that is, and that the thing is, that's a healthier way to embrace pain. You know, what's really happening is when you acknowledge the pain, you are taking control of your emotions. You are doing what you can to treat it so that you don't hurt other people further. But on the flip side, you know, when you reject, you avoid, you distract yourself from the pain. You are like the kid that refuses to put a bandage on the wound. You are refusing treatment, and you are allowing your emotions to lead you. You see, mature people are mindful not to allow their pain to hurt other people. That is true maturity. You know, and can I push this just a bit further? And that is being in pain does not justify bad behaviors or response. You know, in fact, when you act or you know you behave badly because you're hurt, you know what, Frank? Can I just tell you the honest truth? That is really bad character. All right. So one other thing, you know, that happens when you don't acknowledge the pain and treat it. You know what happens? You know, if you try to avoid it, is that you subconsciously allow pain to become the invisible boundaries that limit you. So during my first physiotherapy, you know, I could barely stand up straight while walking. Yeah, I was like literally hunching all around Singapore when I went to my first physiotherapy. You know, in fact, I had spent the whole week lying in bed, almost the whole time. I barely eat, barely bathe, you know, barely did anything because I was worried that the slightest movement would trigger the pain. You know, so when I went for my first physiotherapy session, you know, Carrie was with me. So the field therapists did some like test checks on my reflexes and actually got me to slowly try to stand up straight. I remember the field therapist was very patient, just like, okay, you slowly straighten your back. I was like, no, I can't. And I was like, just keep. I was like, no, I can't. 
<laughs> you know, the whole, I can't, I can't, I can't straighten it further anymore, you know. And, you know, she encouraged me and said, yes, you can. And I was like, no, it's pain. <laughs> you know, what happened was that my body had actually grown to protect the hurt muscle, that it became the limitation to the height I could straighten my back. Because anything further, you know, it was like, ah. Oh. So the body had like formed this like self-defense mechanism and refuses to let me straighten it further. <laughs> Strange thing. Okay. And the only way that I could overcome it was to just be brave and embrace the pain and just go, I can straighten my back. And she said something that really stuck with me. And she said this line, just three words, right? but it really stuck with me. And that is, motion is lotion. Whoa, okay. Really, that was a secret to my physiotherapy. <laughs> and that is, you got to just keep moving until your body gets accustomed and used to the pain. You know, the thing about physiotherapy is that more than often, it actually increases your pain before it gets better. This is because the muscle that has been injured has become so tight, so weak as a result that, you know, when you try to exercise, when you try to move the muscle, the body is trying to protect the injured muscle. And what happens is because of that, right, it actually results in irritation and pain due to a buildup of lactic acid in the muscle. It's very sciencey. However, the thing is, the exercise will eventually cause the muscle to get stronger, the hurt muscle to get stronger, and to stretch. And at the same time, the pain will also begin to decrease and you will begin to resume normal functionality. So the thing is, acknowledging pain, you know, sometimes confronting the pain in the beginning, it can feel horrible, trust me, it's horrible. But over time, it can only get better. You know, had I choose to avoid the exercise because of the pain, right, I might still be hunching today when I'm preaching to you. <laughs> because the injured muscles would eventually lose its function, and I would have limited my own recovery. So yes, even though it's more painful initially, you have to acknowledge and accept the pain in order for you to kickstart your journey of healing. Amen? So part of the journey towards recovery also involves you making the effort to point number two, give pain a purpose. You got to give pain a purpose. So oftentimes we allow it to paralyze us, you know, where we become incapable of doing anything significant, like me, you know, staying bit whole day long. You know, we continue to stay in pain similarly when we keep on rehearsing the hurts that people have done to us. When we keep on replaying the incident over and over again, like, you know, the drama series in our heads. You know, that's, you know what that's like? That's like the kid, right, that has the bandage on the wound, right, and keeps ripping it up over and over again. <laughs> A bit sad is, right? It's not helpful at all, right? You know, but one thing I learned recently that's really interesting is that you can actually train your brain to accelerate the process of healing by asking the right question. So I want to give the analogy of the amygdala. Okay, so the amygdala is the emotional part of your brain. It regulates the fight or flight or freeze responses you have towards any stressful stimulus. It is also deeply connected to how you and I we respond to pain. So the prefrontal cortex, okay, or the cortex here, is the brain's rational part. It is where you make sound and rational decision, all right? So what happens is when your amygdala is being triggered, it starts to pump out adrenaline, which cuts off the prefrontal cortex, or rather disable it. 
and you end up finding it difficult to make a rational decision. It also gives an example. For example, I mean, my CG knows that I'm fearful of dogs. So the moment I see one coming near me, you know, trying to lick me, right, my immediate response is to run. Even though the rational part of my brain knows very clearly that running will only make it worse because the dog will chase after you. But what's happening is really because the fear has triggered the amygdala and I was in no position in the power time to make any rational being that is to stay still. So the fascinating thing here is that when we ask why questions, for example, why is this happening to me? Why do people always treat me badly? Why do people not like me? Why am I always feeling this way? The why questions actually triggers the amygdala. It actually reinforces the neural pathway in your brain that activates your response to pain. So that's really what's happening when you keep on rehearsing the hurt in your head. You know, you keep on triggering, triggering the emotional part of your brain. But the thing here is in order to accelerate recovery and for the wound to heal, we need to learn to ask the right question. And the right question doesn't begin with why. The right question begins with what. You see, asking the what question forces pain to become a problem to be solved rather than an emotion to be solved. And it actually activates the prefrontal cortex part of your brain that makes rational decision instead of triggering the amygdala. Really amazing, right? So I remember during the first week of my back injury, I kept asking God, why, God, why? You know, why is this happening to me? You know, I'm still quite young, kind of. You know, and obviously it didn't help because I was just like going in circles. You know, but when I started asking questions like, what can I do to strengthen my back muscle? You know, what can I do to get into a healthy shape? What can I do to prevent this from happening again? It changed my entire approach towards the whole situation. You know, I started looking for solutions rather than finding someone to blame for my plight. So some of you know this, you know, I started taking belly class, yay, since September this year, because it can actually help to strengthen my lower core muscle. And I really do enjoy dancing, you know, back then when I was younger. And if not for this back injury, I probably wouldn't be motivated to sign up for belly at this age. So what really helped is asking the right question because it helps to reframe the way that you think. You know, instead of asking, why am I feeling this pain? You know, why not ask yourself, what is the purpose of this pain? Instead of asking, why am I feeling this way? Why not ask, what am I feeling right now? Instead of asking, why am I feeling so tired? You know, why not ask yourself, what can I do to feel less tired? You see, what questions move us forward? whereas why questions move us backwards, taking us further into the pain. You know, so let's go to the Bible, to the story of Jacob wrestling with God. All right? So we're going to read from Genesis chapter 32, verse 22 to 28, the CB version. So at this point of his life, Jacob was probably in a lot of fear, you know, distress, and perhaps in pain. So what has happened was that he was under the impression that his brother, Esau, was chasing him and wanted his life for stealing his birthright, in, or in other words, inheritance. So in verse 22, it says, Jacob got up during the night, took his two wives, his two women's servants, and his 11 sons, and crossed, and crossed the Jabbok's River's shallow water. 
He took them and everything that belonged to him, and he helped them cross the river. But Jacob stayed apart by himself, and a man wrestled with him until dawn broke. When a man saw that he couldn't defeat Jacob, he grabbed Jacob's tie and tore a muscle in Jacob's tie as he wrestled with him. The man said, let me go because the dawn's breaking. But Jacob said, I won't let you go until you bless me. Verse 27, he said to Jacob, what's your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name won't be Jacob any longer, but Israel, because you struggled with God and with men and won. You see, in this story, you know, Jacob would not stop wrestling with God until God blessed him. You know, sometimes the process of healing involves us wrestling until we break through. You see, for the longest time, Jacob's name has brought him so much pain. You know, his name, which meant deceiver, usurper, has caused him to live a pretty miserable life, not so great. And in this moment of wrestling, God gave Jacob a new name, Israel, which meant the one who wrestled with God. You see, the act of God renaming Jacob was really a symbol of God repurposing the pain. You know, similarly, God wants to redefine your pain by giving it a purpose. You know, for some of us, you know, we need to learn to forgive those who have hurt us. We need to learn to let go of what we can't control and learn to put the disappointment and discouragement in God so that we can allow the pain to become material that build our trust in God instead. And also, friend, I want to encourage you today, you know, don't let pain be the limit to your future. You know, but let it be the material to build a better future, a stronger you, a better future for everyone around you. Don't let it be in vain. You know, redefine your pain by giving it a purpose, a new name. Amen? And the last point I have for you is you want to turn your pain to strength. So let's go to the story of David in the Bible. Okay, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 3 to 6. So before David became king, you know, he had to go through a lot of painful events. You know, King Saul, his own father-in-law, wanted him dead. You know, he had spent four years alone in the desert running for his life. And then another, you know, couple of years just to settle down in a town and a few wives. He was chosen to be the king of Israel. And yet, before it came to pass, he had to go through many misfortune and suffering. You know, and before we think that it can't get any worse, right? In 1 Samuel 33 to 6, you know, we read that David and his men had returned from fighting and found that their homes were burned. And their wives and children were taken by the Amalekites. You know, so verse 3, it says, When David and his soldier got to the town, and found it burned down, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters taken prisoner, David and the troops of him broke into tears and cried until they could cry no more. Wow. You know, David's two wives, you know, had been taken away. David was in deep trouble because the troops were talking also about stoning him. Each of the soldiers was deeply distressed about their sons and daughters. But look here, you know, it says, but David found strength in the Lord his God. You see, David and his men, they were overwhelmed by the pain. 
You know, I can only imagine how distressed it must have been for them to lose their loved ones and their home. You know, can you imagine going home one day and realize that everything is just burnt to the ground? You know, but here's the key. While the men were focused on their inner pain, the anger they felt, David was also in pain, but he chose to focus on God, and he found strength in the Lord. You see, as much as we can rely on ourselves to only Jesus can turn the pain in us into strength in Him. You know, only Jesus can completely heal the holes in our hearts. And, and that's the purpose and significance of the cross, that Jesus will take the pain and suffering and exchange it for joy, hope, and peace. You know, and in the rest of the story, David you know, it goes on to say that David, after finding strength in the Lord, he sought advice from God on what he should do. And God told David to take your 400 men and attack the Amalekites. They went for three days, three nights without food, you know, and then they fought for 24 hours straight before eventually defeating the Amalekites and found victory. You know, what's really interesting to me, again, is that, you know, sometimes, you know, when we are going through a really tough situation. You know, we want a quick fix from God, like me, and you're just like, God, I'm going to pray really hard. <laughs> you know, I kept confessing all the <laughs> healing verses over my back pain. <laughs> Red christian but yes, I did that. <laughs> but nothing happened, okay? <laughs> we want a quick fix from God, right? You know, we want an instant prayer, an answered prayer, an instant miracle. You know, but what's consistent throughout the Bible is the struggle before victory. You see, God could simply make a miracle happen and restore the families, right? Instead, God sent David and his men to war. You know, he sent them to fight. You know, after, and only after this battle was David crowned the king of Israel. You know, and as I was reflecting, you know, it dawned upon me that, you know, perhaps this was God strengthening and molding David into the person he, he wants him to become, or needed to be before he would take over the reign of Israel. You know, so 2020, you know, it has been a pretty difficult year for all of us, right? How of you feel that 2020, yes, it's a difficult year. You can acknowledge. Don't worry. If you're not raising your hand, means you're lying. <laughs> Is it easier for you? Oh, wow, okay. You know, so if I have to name one lesson I learned this year, it will be that Pain is part of life, something we cannot avoid, but we can choose to embrace it. And also, friend, what are some pain in your life that you have been avoiding today? You know, that you have been running away from, you know, you're fighting tirelessly and yet can't seem to break through from. You know, I want to encourage you today to turn your pain to strength by putting it into the hands of God. You know, would you allow God to transform your pain so that you don't transmit it, you know, and continue hurting the people around you. And if I could share the last verse for today, um, let's turn to Psalms chapter 34, verse 8 then, CEB version. Verse 8 then, it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those whose spirits are crushed. Now let me say it again. It says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those whose spirits are crushed. 
You know, so I think less than five days, it's Christmas next week already, right? You know, I know Christmas has this like joyful season, you know, get to spend time with our loved ones, etc. And at the same time, you know, Christmas is really a reminder for us that God is for us. He is for you. You know, He was crucified on the cross for humanity so that we can experience what true life is in Him. You know, a life that is not void of suffering or pain, but a life that finds joy in adversity, hope in uncertainty, and peace in the storm. Because we choose to put our trust in Jesus and not the circumstances that's happening around us. And as a friend today, you know, I just want you to take a moment to, you know, really reflect upon the year 2020. You know, I know that there's ups, there's downs, you know, and we want to enter next week, Christmas, into a really a joyful season because we want to give thanks, right, for all the great things that has happened. I mean, as much as there were, like, not so nice things that happened to us, you know, there were really a lot more amazing things that happened to our lives if we were to think about it. But before that, you know, I want to just take a moment today, you know, to all of us, you know, would you just come to God and just surrender and let go of all this to Him? Because you want to enter into Christmas, you know, full of joy, full of life, you know, really giving God your best. And you don't want to be weighed down by all this pain. Whether is it because you are running away from it, you're avoiding it, you're distracting yourself from it, or you are fighting it, but yet you can't see a breakthrough, you know, would you just put it into the hands of God today? Amen.